BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in to the early line. We're live right here on Sports Grid on a Thursday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh, joined by Donnie Wrightside, set to go. Big night, Thursday night football, both the NFL and college football. Major League Baseball heats up. DRS, how you feeling? Let's do it Thursday night, Major League Baseball. Yeah, we're still going to talk some baseball, but football's on the docket mm-hmm. as well. And how about Aaron Judge last night? Finally, it feels like three months gets over the hump. That's right. That is the top story here. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge last night in a New York Yankees 8-3 to victory over the Toronto Blue Jays after clinching the AL East. Goes deep, hitting home run at number 61, tying Roger Maris, tying the New York Yankees record as well as the American League record, depending who you are, perhaps tying the record for all of Major League Baseball's history. A big moment, Donnie, for the very likely AL MVP. Yes, and also a tough scene for the crowd out there in left field who that ball comes up just short oh. of making it to the stands. A million-dollar baseball goes back to the player free of charge, I guess, apparently at this point. So we'll see if he launches number 62. And if it does make it into the seats, the shenanigans that will take place. But good on Aaron Judge. That's a tough spot to be in, Kevin, when you're chasing history and mm-hmm. the games mount up where you haven't hit that home run just yet. You know the pressure was getting to him. It's nice to see that relief where, okay, I got 61. He's He's probably going to knock 62 out relatively quickly now. I'll tell you this. As a Yankee fan, it felt like it took Aaron Judge forever to cross this finish line. This expectation was he was going to hit a home run every single night. Eventually, he did. But I'll add this also. As a Yankee fan, Aaron Judge, this past offseason, was looking to get paid. And the Yankees hesitated. And now it is going to cost them a ton more And that's the best-case scenario because the other scenario is Aaron Judge on the heels of the AL home run record, potentially a triple crown, and one of the best seasons in the history of this storied franchise goes somewhere else. Rarely, if ever, Donnie, do I remember a player bet on himself and win like this. Aaron Judge holds all of the cards this offseason as it pertains to any negotiations. Yeah, he does. And in Major League Baseball, so many times, Kevin, you're not actually paid on what you're going to do in the future. Aaron Judge is 32 years old. You're paid on what you just did. And he's having a pretty historic season. Possibility of a triple crown and hitting 62, 63, maybe 64 home runs. He's going to cash his own ticket. The only problem is which ticket is he going to cash in? What city is he going to cash that ticket in at? 
And does he do it as a potential World Series champion? The Yankees just three wins away from making it to the ALCS. Still a lot more baseball that needs to be played. In the National League side of things, the back and forth between the Mets and the Atlanta Braves continues. The Mets last night picking up a win in extra innings. The Braves fall to the Washington Nationals before their series does get underway. Starting tomorrow, the Mets still with a one-game lead. Yeah, how about that? You know, expected and rightfully so. Hey, these teams, two teams should be sweeping these lower level opponents than matching up in Atlanta. Wasn't the case here. Some of these teams that we thought were just playing for vacation time have actually shown up and stole some games away. It should be fun to watch this weekend pending the weather outcomes in Atlanta. That's going to be a mm -hmm. battle for the lead here in the NL East. Yeah, the Mets actually, uh, from what I understand, look to move the series up. The Braves, though, having played 13 consecutive days, decided not to. The Mets are a minus 370 favorite on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Atlanta Braves plus 280 before that series begins. Our radio audience is here on a Thursday morning. It's Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrights out on the early line. Sirius XM, Channel 159, Sports Grid Radio. The Philadelphia Phillies down to just a half game over the Milwaukee Brewers. The Phillies have lost four games in a row, including back-to-back -back now to the Cubbies. Can't have it. Cubs are 69 and 86 now, back to back wins against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Philadelphia Phillies went in needing these two games in Wrigley and threw Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nolan, didn't come away with a single victory. That is embarrassing for the Philadelphia Phillies who are sliding. They basically just have to win a game or two down the stretch. Now they need to win a game or two coming up over the next two days to hold their lead over the Brewers. Ridiculous here. This is why the Philadelphia Phillies fans always panic. Haven't seen the playoffs in a long time. This is why. And you're going to still uh, now have to win on the road, huh. which is obviously easier said than done. Tonight, Thursday night football, Cincinnati and Miami taking center stage. Joe Burrow versus Tua Tungavailoa. There was a question, though. Next to Tua's name, he is expected to play. The Bengals lay three and a half points at home in this matchup. Yeah, this will be an interesting one to see how Miami coming off one of the bigger wins in the franchise's, what, last decade or so, you could probably say the least here. A little bit banged up at the quarterback position. Waddle should be good to go also with a groin injury. But how much was taken out of them, Kevin, on Sunday? Hurricane down there in South. Maybe they're worried about their property. Got to fly out early to Cincinnati. Should be one to keep on here, but certainly an advantage for the Bengals here, I would think. We'll break that down, game down. Coming on up, starts to set uh, where the stage lands. Mm -hmm. Some other news around the National Football League. Where is... Jameis, reporters out in London for the Saints game against the Minnesota Vikings, saying that Jameis Winston not spotted at practice and Andy Dalton was taking some first-team reps. Yeah, let's see what happens at the quarterback position here because it was one of those that got back to the press like Jameis Winston, like, I should be practicing. I want to be practicing, but the team won't let me practice. And Andy Dalton taking snaps. And is Andy Dalton a better option this weekend to pick up a victory than Jameis Winston? A lot of question marks going around the Saints here overseas. Joey Bosa has been placed on IR as the injuries continue to pile up for the Los Angeles Chargers. And another quarterback news, Zach Wilson, all signs indicate, will be starting this weekend for the New York Jets. Let's see, 59 passes in the mix here for Zach Wilson. Let's find out that Jets offense is made up because Joe Flacco, he didn't mind dropping back. Certainly did not. That line moving, though, as they play the Pittsburgh Steelers now as they flat three. We go to Thursday Night Football next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Thursday night football. AFC action. The Cincinnati Bengals, the reigning AFC champions, up against... The only unbeaten team remaining in the conference, the Miami Dolphins. Joe Burrow versus Tua. A head-to-head at the quarterback position of two QBs from the very same draft class here. Feels like it has big implications. The Bengals are three-and-a-half-point favorite. The total's 47-and-a-half. Tua, every expectation that he will play for this game. Are you surprised at where this line sits right now? Uh- I'm not actually surprised by it because if you just take a look at the totality of the season, right? 3-0 and Miami, 1-2 and Cincinnati. Cincinnati finally gets off the schneid last week. It beats the Jets. But Miami's had a really impressive run so far, beating some pretty good football teams and also on the road beating the Baltimore Ravens, which they had to come back from a three-touchdown deficit to start that fourth quarter. But this is one of those where it does make some sense to me. Cincinnati should be the favorite. Cincinnati's at home on a Thursday night. And to me, it's the biggest advantage in professional sport is to get the home game on a Thursday night, specifically when you're coming from South Florida, Kevin. We talk about it many times on a Thursday night. Well, look at this. You know, Pittsburgh's playing Cleveland. It's a 15-minute plane ride. That's not really that big. You can practice, get on a plane, fly out, just like you're driving home from practice. But in this case, you're going thousands of miles up to Cincinnati to play this game. And also, we talked about the hurricane. That's going to be on the minds of everybody down in South Florida. Hey, did my property make it through? Did I get any flooding? And I understand that Miami wasn't catching the brunt of the storm. But, you know, storm surges and winds coming through. It's never an easy thing to do. And also, Kevin, they flew out earlier than they normally would on a Thursday game. So a little bit of interruptions. But if we're looking from a Miami perspective here, just looking at the line, Tua Tagovailoa is a huge question mark in this game. Whether he had a concussion, a back injury, an ankle injury, Kevin, you're not even getting the full seven days to sit back, relax, you know, take it easy at practice, and then show up on Sunday with that full week that you're accustomed to. You get a couple days off when you're banged up after one of those games you played in 100-degree heat on the field in Miami, hot and muggy. It's got to take in a lot out of the Dolphins. I'm not surprised by this line, Kevin. I'm not. I, I'm a little surprised, though, because... They just beat the Buffalo Bills. And that should gain you a lot of respect in the market. I don't know. I've had people reach out to me. Hey, what's going on with this line? Why are they laying three and a half? What's the deal? Like, do I have to automatically bet Miami, right? Even if for you, right? And I think you've laid out out a lot of great things there. You're like, okay, you know what? Mm -hmm. Sharper side here. I'm going to back the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a good spot for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I, I would have never expected you to have had to do that laying three and a hook. Just based on the perception. Let's remember here. 
Cincinnati was one of the most disappointing teams two weeks into the season. Laid six and a half in the opener, lost outright. Laid seven and a half in their next game, lost outright. They got right against the New York Jets. Come on now, right? So to lay a full three and a half, it's as if the first three weeks of football didn't happen. And I wonder how much of that has to do with any health concerns for Tua. And I relate that to the total as we sit here at the 47 and a half spot. I do look at this number and wonder if maybe we've seen the spread adjust for perhaps a less than 100% Tua, but not the total as much. I'm curious because in hour number two, of course, we'll be able to break down side total props and everything. But I do mm -hmm. want to talk about where these teams sit in the big picture. Again, Miami, the only unbeaten team in the conference, the reigning champions of this conference, Cincinnati. The Dolphins are plus 950 to win the AFC. Cincinnati is 13 to 1. Of those two numbers, which is the more intriguing to you? Yeah, we're, we're going to break this down, you know, uh, pretty much here because there is a discrepancy in the schedules that we're going to take a look at in just a little bit. But if we're just gauging, Kevin, wins and losses mean something here. This isn't one of those, like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. Just get to the playoffs. It matters in football, Kevin. Home field advantage matters in football. So if I have one team that's 3-0 and with the Miami Dolphins and one team with Cincinnati 1-2, and they already have two losses. And even if the Miami Dolphins do go into Cincinnati tonight and take a loss, the Bengals are still 2-2, two and two, and the Miami Dolphins are still 3-1. and one. So that still is going to land them in the driver's seat. And I know a lot can change as the season moves on. Is Miami as good as we think they possibly could be? Is Cincinnati as bad as they opened up? No. I think Cincinnati is going to right this ship and be a good football team and have the possibility of either A, winning that division, or B, just making it in as a wild card. But right now, if I'm looking at just these two teams alone, I'm buying Miami more than I am Cincinnati just on the record alone. Yeah, I, I told you, with the loss to Dallas, I really started to get concerned on Cincinnati big picture. And that was not going to be fixed with a win over the New York Jets. It, it just was not. The one angle, if you were to try and offer it up on the Cincy side, I do believe, though, is the division that they play in. If results hold this week based on favorite status, the Bengals are going to be tied with the Baltimore Ravens atop the AFC North, right? And the Dolphins, despite beating the Bills last week, are still a pretty decent-sized underdog heading into that divisional race. That would be the angle to me on Cincinnati. But I agree with you. I think there's a world that Miami is just a more talented roster, right? And as we always look for who's this year's that, who's this year's this, could Miami be this year's Cincinnati? Right, You look at the star wide receivers of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You draw comparisons to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. You could argue maybe it's a better one-two punch at the wide receiver position, right? If you look at Mike McDaniel, a young, again, upstart, first-year head coach, I bet if you had people rank their head coaches, they'd put him ahead of Zach Taylor despite a trip to the Super Bowl. I think people might like what Miami has on the defensive side of the ball even more. The hesitation would probably come at the quarterback position, which I think is really interesting. Tua was, going into that final year at Alabama, viewed as the clear-cut, no doubt, first overall pick. Then he and Alabama struggled a bit relative to their expectations. Tua gets injured, and Joe Burrow and LSU go out and absolutely light college football ablaze. We've also obviously had Justin Herbert be sensational and for plenty of people better than both of these quarterbacks. 
But don't you feel like so often we talk about Tua as a game manager? Oh, they could win with Tua. Tua was supposed to have a chance at superstardom in the same way that some people feel like Joe Burrow has already reached. Do you still see a world where Tua is maybe the better quarterback of these two guys? It's hard because I guess maybe even like physical stature comes into it because you just look at Joe Burrow, bigger, faster, stronger. And it's funny. So what do you mean faster like that? Tua Tagovailoa isn't all that great of a runner, but he does be able to manipulate the pocket and move the football around. But I think your point is really valid, though. When you head back to college football, at no time were we looking at that Alabama squad with Tua Tagovailoa and saying, you know what, when he gets to the pros, shrewd, smart, game manager, get your team wins. No, 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 no. This was a Heisman Trophy candidate that you were expecting that when he got to the Miami Dolphins, he was going to light it up. So I don't know where the notion comes from now that you watch the Alabama tapes and now you watch the NFL tapes. Like, no, he's more of a game manager. He's really not. He just needed the opportunity to flourish with some good wide receivers and an offensive game plan that fit his needs and a head coach that was basically saying, oh, you know what? I don't even know if this guy's the right guy and we maybe should have drafted somebody else. So now he has a comfortable room to work with and you're seeing the progress of excuse me, the progress of those results right now. But to attack about low, I do have a high upside. But if we're asking right now, hey, Don, if you had to redraft or, you know, even right now who you're taking as your quarterback, it'd still be Joe Barrow by a pretty good margin for me. Uh, uh yeah, I definitely would still rather Burrow. I've mm-hmm. seen things from Burrow. But I guess you and I seem to agree on kind of the ceiling of a Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I think mm-hmm. most people that are being honest know the ceiling of a Jimmy Garoppolo. A world where Tua turns into a top 12 quarterback in the NFL, I don't think I can tell you is non-existent. Especially now with the wide receivers. Look at what the new wide receivers have done for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts looks like a top seven quarterback in the NFL. Does. Bringing in A.J. Brown another year better for Devonta Smith, right? Tyrese, there are some people who believe that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is the best one-two punch at the wide receiver position, which is, again, what makes Miami so interesting here. Look, Tua right now has better odds than Joe Burrow to win MVP of the National Football League. Something to consider here. We'll set the stage more for this game in hour number two. We're going to stick with the Dolphins, though, and we'll bring Jalen Hurts and those Philadelphia Eagles into the conversation. That's it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back in to the early line. Miami Dolphins in action. Zero losses, 3 0. The Philadelphia Eagles are also. Three, you know, the FanDuel Sportsbook right now has a season special available. Who will be the last undefeated team? They also have who the last winless team will be. We'll get to that in just a moment. But the Eagles to remain the last undefeated team are minus 430. The Dolphins check in at a nice plus 240 price. Let's make this note clear based on uh, as I read the notes here for the FanDuel Sportsbook. If you lay minus 430 with the Eagles, the Dolphins lose tonight. You do not cash mm -hmm. that ticket. The Eagles still have to play their game <laughs> Sunday, so you don't get the little edge of Thursday night football, uh, which is obviously uh, important to note. But, Don, when you look at this year, it's probably appropriate we go through the schedules. Uh, mm -hmm. When you look at Miami, right, do you feel like tonight's a foregone conclusion? Uh, I guess is, is that maybe the best starting point for this conversation when we talk about the last unbeaten team? Exactly. Like, if you're playing, like, you know, craps, let's just say, right? You're rolling the dice down the table, comes up sevens. That's your best chance to win, right? That's where you have the advantage against the house. Seven, you're a winner. You know, anything else, you, you start the game itself. But if you do roll an 11, you still pick up a victory. Craps out, one, what, or excuse me, snake eyes, 12, and a three, you, you know, you're going to lose that. But the advantage is yours. That's what this bet is. The Philadelphia Eagles' advantage at minus 430, why it's so high is the Philadelphia Eagles have a touchdown favorite, a roughly touchdown favorite, on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Miami Dolphins, let's see where the line closes. Let's just say at four. There's your advantage right off the bat, and that's why I joke about, you know, where you said, you know, hold on now. If the Dolphins lose tonight, yes, technically the Eagles would still be the last undefeated team in the NFL, but they both have to play their way through. But I know we're going to take a look at something because if we're talking like uh, foregone conclusions of what's going to happen, if the Miami Dolphins do win this game tonight against the Bengals, all bets mm -hmm. might be off on that. If you thought that minus 430, that's quickly going to change because it gets a little bit more advantageous over the next like five to six weeks for the Dolphins as well. It really does. So for the Eagle, for the for those that don't have it fresh of mind, the Eagles are going to play the Jacksonville mm -hmm. Jaguars this week at home. Yes, laying just underneath that touchdown mark. After that, the Eagles are going to play the Arizona Cardinals on the road. They're going to be favorites. DeAndre Hopkins is still not back, but it's the road, right? You never know. Even if Arizona is actually better on the road than at home. In week number six, the Eagles are home against the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. probably the Dak Prescott return game on Sunday night football. Very good chance of that, Donnie. So even if you just take that little snapshot there for the Eagles, how confident are we that they could potentially walk out of there 6-0? It's, it's, it's easy to say yes at this point since they're 3-0 and and just like, yeah, they could win that game. Yep, they should win this game. They'll be favored yeah. in this game. But we know that's not how the NFL works or professional sports works right. at that point because you have to keep in mind, the Jacksonville Jaguars coming to Philadelphia this week are a pretty good football team. If there is a little bit of weather to worry about, that might even the playing field here. Going on the road in the NFL to different time zones into a dome where that team's going to be ready for you, maybe playing for their lives at that point for the Cardinals, 
That's a tough game as is. The Dallas Cowboys, you're right. If Dak Prescott does play, that's a different Dallas Cowboys team. That is a rivalry game in Philadelphia. So it is a tougher stretch that you have to look at because you can't just pencil in saying, all right, well, the Dolphins will lose this week. The Eagles will win this Sunday, and that's that. That's not necessarily the case. It's not an 18-and-a-half-point line like you would get in college football. They're pro Mm -hmm. teams. That's a good football game and a good football team that's coming to Philadelphia Sunday. Yeah, I think... Again, Arizona's going to be tricky. If Dak's back, that's going to be tricky. But here's another added advantage if you bet the Eagles in this market. Week seven bye. It does not matter if the Dolphins are playing Vanderbilt. The Eagles cannot lose week seven. Okay, that is a huge gap. But to your point on this Dolphin schedule after they play Cincinnati, they go to New York to play the Jets on a mini Mm bye. You're looking at better than a field goal favorite. They host the Minnesota Dolphins, Minnesota Dolphins, the Minnesota Vikings in week six. You're home, potentially better than a field goal favorite again. Home against the Steelers, definitely better than a field goal favorite. At the Lions, at the Bears, probably better than a field goal favorite. Home against Jacoby Brissett. Then you're on a bye. Then you're home against the Texans. Well, hold on. Yeah. We are now 11 games in, 12 weeks into the NFL season, Donnie. I, it's, it's interesting. This is perhaps, when you look at the Dolphins, this week number four game against Cincinnati, the only time that they will not be laying above a field goal until we get to December. No, it's pretty wild. It it really is because you're 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 using your advantage right away, Kevin, and that's where the gambling comes into it again. Craps, you roll the you roll the seven down the dice. Yeah, great, that's your winner. You roll a six. You know, has the advantage now. The seven coming up next when you're sitting on the six. So it feels to me. Like, the Philadelphia Eagles really have to get this done this weekend to cash in that ticket. And also, <laughs> at the FanDuel Sportsbook, this isn't a minus 110 bet. You're laying a minus 1430 on that advantage. You see the game, way the game plays out tonight. The Miami Dolphins come away with a 27-21 victory. You look at that plus 240. Now you're really in the ball game because those mm-hmm. numbers will shift. Because even if the Philadelphia Eagles win this weekend and the Miami Dolphins win this weekend, if this market is still in place next week, those are going to be drastically changed lines. Yep. Way different, way different. Yeah. And if so, he, and here's where I think you and I will agree. If you would like the Eagles in this market, if it is still available next week, meaning both teams win, which I might, just because again, it's the NFL things can get tricky, right? Then you bet him that, that week. If you are going to say I'm laying the minus four third because the Eagles are winning and so are Cincinnati, just parlay the Birds and the Bengals at plus one hundred five. And that's obviously way less risky than your minus 430 proposition. Let's get to the teams that have yet to win a game. Just who everybody thought would be here, the Houston Texans and the Las Vegas Raiders. could, Could you argue the Texans have looked better than the Vegas Raiders so far this season? Vegas, a tidy 0-3 against the spread. Houston is 2-0-1 against the number. Pretty impressive. The Texans, though, are minus 550. Minus 550 to be the final winless team. The Raiders check in at a big-time plus 340 price. Why? Well, the Texans this week are a four, four-and-a-half, five-point underdog against the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Raiders are home favorites against Denver. But let's start right there before we start checking ahead to other spots of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Do you expect this week? 
to be a Texans loss and a Raiders victory? No, not necessarily here, as, you know, putting some teams on upset alert. The Chargers are ripe for an upset alert. And again, we get back to these lines. Should the Chargers win this game? They're supposed to win. They're favored to win this game. But I usually the college football adage, not 21-point favorites, where it's like, yeah, hey, oh, my God, what a monumental upset. What a five-point upset here in the NFL is going to mm-hmm. be monumental. On the road, it's really not. So I'm not expecting that way. And then if you take a look at the Vegas Raiders going up against the Broncos, well, is that supposed to be an easy victory for them in division? I know they are favored here, which is kind of shocking. We say, now, hold on. Yeah. This team hasn't won any football games here. Denver's coming in with a winning record. What gives? Well, that's the NFL and how poorly the Denver Broncos have played so far on the offensive side of the football. But, no, it's not a given at all. It's pretty interesting because the Broncos, while I understand how bad everything has been for the offensive side of the ball, their defense has been excellent. The Raiders laying two and a half in that game. The Raiders are continuing to get a a lot of respect against the spread Mm -hmm. despite never covering. Is this going to be one of those spots... Remember when you always would tell people about like the 0-16 Browns? Like every week they were the sharp side yes, and every week sharps. they didn't cover, mm-hmm. right? Like are the Raiders going to be the sharp side every single week this year and then proceed to cover zero numbers? Maybe so. But where the, the Texans gets very interesting. I'm not saying that they should be favorites in the game. But if you just close your eyes and I tell you, that Rashawn Slater and Joey Bosa are out for the Chargers. Right there, you go, hold on, timeout, timeout. That's not – I don't care who they're playing. Yeah. Those are – are those two of the three most important players on the team? Obviously, Justin Herbert being number one with a bullet. Maybe so. Probably. It wouldn't stun me if the Texans won. But let's just take this one week further. Vega, mm-hmm. If both teams lose, the Raiders – at Kansas City, Monday night football. Tough spot. Uh-huh. We know it. On yep. the road, prime time. The Texans, Donnie, mm-hmm. at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, of course, yep. the Jags are definitely better than preseason expectations from the marketplace. But I would say the Texans will be a shorter dog in week number five at Jacksonville than the Raiders are going to be in their game against the Kansas City Chiefs? Could be. Could be, because we have to take a look at what the Jacksonville Jaguars do this weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles, and that might have something to line it up a little bit more. But Mm -hmm. I sense where you're going with this, and I do have a sentiment to agree with that, yes. Then both teams are on a week six bye. And then, what do you know? Week seven, Raiders-Texans. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. And here's the interesting thing. The Raiders are home in that game unless Derek Carr is injured, will be favored in that game. Is there a chance that plus 340 money line on the Houston Texans, though, is significantly better than the number that the Raiders or, or that you would be getting on the Texans in that game? I think so. I think that number maybe is closer to plus two ten, maybe maybe even yeah. less. Just looking at kind high. of some it's not different. Higher. Yeah, it's not going to be higher than plus three forty. No. There might be no some way. value on the Vegas Raiders to be the final winless team. That's not good. 
We'll be right back. Talk. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Major League Baseball time here on the early line. We'll preview some of the games in hour number two with the big story, of course. Aaron Judge hits his 61st home run of the season, and you cannot overstate just how special of a year it has been. The Yankees record, the American League record, and we joke, you know, to a degree, uh, for some mm-hmm. people, baseball's record. It's not baseball's record. But 61 home runs is magnificent. He is doing this in an era, l- let's not forget, folks, that has been described as a dead ball era. We come on here every day, and it feels like four to five games, Donnie breaks down, shows value on the under. He's got over 20 more home runs, or 19 at the moment, than the next closest hitter. A gap that is only compared to Babe Ruth. Not even Barry Bonds, when he was in the 70s, was able to hit more home, you know, 20 more home runs than the next guy. This doesn't happen. And then, oh, by the way, Aaron Judge is going to potentially win a triple crown. You know, the old, you know, joke on Judge, everything's a strikeout or a home run. No, it's not. Oh, and he's also a plus defender. He is currently baseball's most complete player. I mean, I guess Otani and the pitch, but it's a whole other ball game. But Aaron Judge has done everything for this Yankees team. They have the second best record in the American League, and they have needed Aaron Judge the entire way, Donnie. He is potentially going to win the American League MVP unanimously. A great moment last night in Toronto. It was a great moment last night. And again, you sort of feel even better for Aaron Judge and his family and everybody traveling around because the pressure has to be enormous. It's not as if the Yankees are fighting or jockeying to try to win the AL East, and that might be a little bit more important. It takes precedent. If that's out of the way, the only goal for the Yankees is to stay healthy and, oh, yeah, get Aaron Judge as many home run chances as possible to try to hit 62 and beyond here to carry that record. But I think the most amazing thing from Aaron Judge here in the past, you know, the unicorn season, the triple crown, 
when Miguel Cabrera did it back and he was going up against Mike Trout, and people would say, the analytics would say, Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. And I would count that going, I don't care if Mike Trout overall is the best player in baseball. This is a one-off historic season for a baseball player to win a triple crown. I don't care what Mike Trout did. This is ridiculous. This is the MVP. This is something we very rarely see. And how about the year Aaron Judge is having, which is what you're stating, being so far and away the home run leader, but almost pushed in the background. Oh, yeah, footnote here. Triple crown is on the horizon for him. That is outrageous. That's unbelievable that a player can be so talented to be, I'm going to be a base-hitting player player obviously with a batting average i'm gonna be able to drive in runs and also drive in with power regardless if guys are on base or not that ball is leaving the yard i get 60 of them it's a guaranteed 60 rbi in my back pocket here so the season certainly got not getting lost on anything but the historicness of the home run chase is actually wiping up maybe even a bigger story that this guy's a triple crown baseball player and oh yeah it's a contract year. Can you have a better season? Has anybody ever had a better season looking for a contract than Aaron Judge is actually having right now? It's a great point. And it's that added pressure. Part of that pressure, too, is why sometimes people think in Major League Baseball they should value players that are in a postseason hunt more, right? Because your games matter. You have to win. Instead of the relax, close my eyes, none of this matters, I've hit seven home runs in a row. Or I'm pitching up against the Oakland Athletics for the third time in what feels like three starts, and they don't care, and we don't care. And if you look, as you mentioned, Aaron Judge, he batted 287 last year. That was a career best. Who raises their batting average 30 points? It's, it's ridiculous. His, he had 52 home runs in 2017. The notion was that the baseballs were so problematic, they had to change them. They shouldn't have. They should have left them, and Judge would have broke bonds this year, which would have been sweet, but they didn't. That's fine. How are you hitting a career? How are you hitting 61 home runs, Donnie, when the next closest is 42? And by the way, everybody else underneath, that's under 40. It, it truly is a magical season that is, at times it feels hard to put into words. And again, you cannot overstate his value to the Yankees. Again, if you've tuned into this show, you've heard Donnie break down Yan- Yankees baseball a ton because they have some of the more featured games on a slate. And he'll go, yeah, look, uh, nine eligible batters, one batter with unbelievable numbers. Everybody else thinks we're not going to bet the team total. We weren't fun. You weren't seeing Yankees team totals on this shows at past May. Yeah. Everybody else was bad. Everybody else was actively bad or injured. Stanford injured. LeMahieu injured. Oh, big deadline acquisition. Andrew Benintendi injured. Aaron Hicks awful. Glaber Torres forgot how to play baseball for for a long while of this season. And let's add this. And let's add this to the conversation for just a moment here, Donnie, if we may. Who's mm-hmm. been the most talked about Yankees this season? Judge by a lot. Maybe Garrett Cole second, and third probably Joey Gallo. And to some degree, Joey Gallo in his disgrace of a 120 batting average has passed. But, well, listen, hold on now. I mean, they shift every at-bat, and he's paid to hit home runs. What's Aaron Judge paid to do? What is Aaron Judge paid to do? Because Joey Gallo doesn't hit home runs anymore, by the way. When was the last time we heard his name? Never. He's he's the best power hitter in baseball. Not close. Owen, by the way, is hitting 313. It's un it's unimaginable the season that he has had. The next spot though is him getting to 62, Donnie. Do we think it's Friday? Does it just have to be Friday? 
Do the good times just keep rolling now for Aaron Judge? I, I really think they do. And also, we had a segment yesterday on the show that was, when do you think he's actually going to hit number 61? And I actually said there was a really good chance he would do it last night, but mine was going to be on Saturday in the Bronx on an afternoon game where he would take on Lyles. Actually has two career home runs against Lyles. He's been crushing right-handed pitching. Lyles is a right-handed pitcher. I thought that would be the perfect spot. So I'll go ahead and say number 62. If it doesn't come tonight, it's coming on Saturday. I'll tell you one thing. It, it's pretty nice. Three games at home against the Baltimore Orioles. He's obviously got a phenomenal chance to hit 62 in the Bronx now, uh, which should be special. It, it's going to be interesting to see how long the game is stopped. If that happens, it's something you and I joked about uh, on Moneyline. Uh, you know, the 10, 15-minute delays. Everybody may be coming onto the field. Uh, by the way, sportsbooks. You want to be nice to your customers. FanDuel Sportsbook. All right? Plus 100, Aaron Judge hits 62 versus the Baltimore Orioles. That's all we ask. Mm -hmm. He hit 62 yeah. versus Baltimore, plus 100. We're in the mix. We'll be happy about it. Outside yep. of Aaron Judge setting history, there is a massive division race going on between the Mets and the Atlanta Braves. I, you can't ask for better than this. Baseball is a sport that at times lacks drama before the postseason. Well, that will not be the case in Atlanta this coming weekend on Friday. We probably won't be able to, you know what? Well, maybe we should try and make sure we can talk about this a little bit tomorrow at some point somewhere in the show. But, but Donna, you have a one-game lead for the New York Mets as we set to play three games in Atlanta. It, just fantastic setup here. It is a great setup here. And on the FanDuel Sportsbook, if you're trying to put the odds in perspective of what a one-game lead means this late in the season, how about this? New York Mets at a minus 370 price to win the division up against the Atlanta Braves at a plus 280. It was a big chance yesterday because if you were Atlanta and you said, hold on now, we look like we're going to head into this series because the Mets were down 4 to nothing last night, which was incredible. They made yeah. a nice comeback. But if that would have went a little bit different here, the hammer would have been held by the Atlanta Braves. But let's just say the Braves even just held serve. Those to a 100-loss baseball team yesterday. And that's why they're in this predicament. If they came in just tied up heading into this weekend, it would have been fun to watch. And also, you would have still thought, hey, Atlanta, we got three games on our own building. This is our chance to take that at least one game lead here heading into the final stretch of the Major League Baseball season, but they couldn't do that. So that minus 370 does play in for the Mets. It's going to be it's a good one to watch. Weather conditions, playoff conditions, both teams' hands on deck. It'll be interesting to see also how these games are priced individually once we get there and see the final pitching matchups. So the projected pitching matchups at the moment from what I'm seeing, Max Freed against Bassett. The Braves will be favored in that game. DeGrom Wright. The Mets are favored in that game. Charlie Morton versus Max Scherzer. It's small either direction. Mm -hmm. I think the Mets could be favorite. Maybe I'm wrong. You can tell me if I'm wrong. But this is a nice spot as somebody that has predicted the Mets to win, not just the National League, but the World Series, to put that theory to the test. Because there's a very good chance, though not a guarantee, the Mets, if they're going to win a World Series, are going to have to go and win games in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. And I've long maintained, yeah, I don't care where the games are. I'm going to throw DeGrom and Scherzer in your building. Nightmare for you. We're going to find out against Atlanta, Donnie, just how true that is. No, we are going to find that out. And also, if you're looking from an edge perspective, right, if you are the New York Mets, you head into these series with a one-game lead. If you're the Atlanta Braves, you actually like the way that first game sets up Freed versus Bassett. That should be the Atlanta Braves game. They need to win that one because if you're looking at DeGrom and Scherzer on the back end, 
Isn't this what we're talking about always when you get to the playoffs? If you're another baseball team, it feels like a miracle that you got to split against DeGrom and Scherzer. That's like your best case scenario. So heaven forbid, if you go into that series and the Mets, you know, pull out the sticks here and Bassett pitches great and they knock around Freed, that's going to be damaging going home. That's a two-game lead. And you have DeGrom and Scherzer that are looking to actually close the door on your season or your hopes, I should say, of winning the NL East. That game is going to be massive on Friday night, tomorrow night down there, Atlanta. That feels like even though there's going to be, what, five total games left in the season, excuse me, six total games left in the season, it feels mm-hmm. like they absolutely have to win that game. It's hard also to, because uh, I've often told, you know, Mets fans, I, I don't care if you win the division. It doesn't matter as long as the guys are healthy. With that being said, it's actually pretty massive to win the division. The difference is, first of all, you don't even have to play in the first round. If you win the division, you're the, you know, you're the Mets or the Braves. The other team not only has to play in the opening round, but if they get through, they go to L.A. to play the Dodgers in round number two. I mean, that's, that's just such a huge swing. Right, so you are eliminated. You're playing one less series, and you're favored in that in that second series, or you're going to LA to play the Dodgers. So it's it's absolutely huge in that respect. Uh, lastly, here, Donnie, the Philadelphia Phillies. It's a shame. I'll let you handle this. These, these are your guys. It's just to me, four four losses in a row. You but you're losing to the Chicago Cubs. Like it's it's like ah like we're playing the Brewers like it's tough they're a good baseball team like you're losing to the Cubs that's old Phillies baseball to me. That is very old Phillies baseball and old as being in the last ten years where the Philadelphia Phillies have a high payroll in baseball and they continuously go into September with a legitimate chance to make it into the playoffs and they can't do it they didn't make it in 2020 when everybody felt like made it into the Major League Baseball playoffs including the Miami Marlins not the Philadelphia Phillies so when you're seeing these games on the road you're saying to yourself all right is the crowd going to be rocking in Chicago no they've already checked out they're onto the Bears football nothing matters at Wrigley then you're going to take on a team in the Washington Nationals already checked out and then you say to yourself oh my goodness no 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 they got to play three on the road which is Houston Houston's going to be in playoff mode at that point just setting up their rotation for the playoffs they're not throwing Verlander on Wednesday October 5th so he can stay sharp in that one the advantage is towards the Phillies and they're dropping the ball I didn't mind hey they won the first two games of that Atlanta series then dropped the last two which was fine you expected them to go into Chicago and win a series, not lose it. And they're on the verge of possibly getting swept against a team that's going to be on vacation next week. That can't happen. A half-game lead now they're down to. It is a must-win today for the Philadelphia Phillies with Ranger Suarez on the mound. I do think they get that win. We'll preview that later. But this is disaster mode in Philadelphia. One important note, though. Baseball has decided, to my understanding, do away with game 163. Tiebreakers matters. The Phillies have that tiebreaker. Yes, so the Brewers have to finish a full game ahead of them. College football Thursday night action is next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. College football action tonight. BYU and Utah State play for what is potentially the final time in this rivalry. This dates back to 1922. It's going to be the 91st meeting between these teams, Donnie. BYU is a 24-point favorite. Totals 59 and a half. But with BYU going to the Big 12, uh, no future matchup schedule between these teams. This very well could be the last go-around. Yeah, it's the same thing with the landscape around college football with all these teams shaking up their schedules here, moving into different leagues and different super conferences. Eventually, that they'll get there in the Power Fives now. Maybe you want to leave your mark one lasting time, but the only thing that keeps on leaving a mark on me is taking a look at this Utah State team here that could beat 35-7 to to Weber State at home. I mean, that's ridiculous. Most of UNLV by double digits also at home, now taking on BYU. The number does look high initially until you try to dig into the excuse me, statistics, and look at Utah State. Just not very good here. I saw the team total a little bit earlier at the FanDuel Sports recovering in that low 40s range. That's probably the way I would look at it. Let's see BYU putting on a show on offense here, and I don't know what really I'm going to get out of Utah State. Hopefully, they score more than their 17 points at their team total so they can push as sort of a running mate here so BYU can keep scoring. BYU's number is 41.5. I like Utah State in this game. Plus the points. Logan Bonner last season was significantly better than we have seen so far. He's thrown eight interceptions on the year. Last year, he only threw 12. But to really kind of ramp it up, he's thrown eight picks in his last two games. It's a little bit high. I think he's too talented of a quarterback for that to continue. And I don't think he's going to leave this game with five picks like he threw last week versus UNLV. And those turnovers have been costing this offense. They averaged 345 and a half yards per game. Look, that's not top half of college football, but they are bottom nine in scoring offense. Again, the yardage doesn't match the total points. I think they should be able to score a little bit more. If you're interested in that team total, so be it. But I also think we could see BYU's offense struggle a little bit. They lost some starters last week due to injury, including their lead man, Puka Nakua, who has been fantastic this season. If he's not playing, that could certainly keep their offense in check. I think Utah State covers their rivalry matchup tonight. Hour two coming up. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.